Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. Again, and welcome to episode 149 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Harjeet Johal. And it's a new MLS season, but it's the same old Whitecaps. Well, for the second straight season. Well, they, had a run, they had a run before of quite a few home opening wins. I'm not even just talking about losing the home opener. Oh, okay. I'm talking about creating 21 chances getting two goals out of them, both the goals from set pieces, which we have complained about in the past. And that, defenders. That, that there hasn't been much, both from defenders. And there was so much talk about getting more goals, adding the offensive pieces, having the guys that are capable of being in the box to finish those chances. Yeah. And two of them were started on the bench. Yeah. lot to talk about, offensively, defensively, Montreal-ively. Yeah, that, that could be a word. Let's just kick things off. Overall thoughts of the 3-2 Montreal win, Steve? I, I think it was a sloppy match overall. Um, I think defensively, we'll, we, we'll break down exactly what happened defensively um, on those goals. But well, I think the defense broke down. That's... Yeah, basically. Uh, but the first, uh, yeah, the overall sloppiness, uh, maybe in the attack a little bit. But I think the attack wasn't too bad. I think it was, just, it was the finishing. That was the big issue. And um, I think defensively, though, just uh, they want to forget this game and go on to the next one. It was a bit of a similar trend to what we saw close out the last season for the Caps. A lot of missed scoring opportunities, and surprisingly, the opposite end, a defense that was not solid, and David Outset, who was not at its best. So surprising on all fronts, including Montreal's outstanding performance. Yeah, over all round, I mean, there was a lot of plus points to take from it, and Robo said afterwards that there were plus points to take from it. Defensively, have to start there. I mean, Har mentioned Eisted wasn't at his best. No, he wasn't. And well, the first goal. Let's just talk yeah, about the first let's goal. Yeah, let's go through the goal. The first goal, Piatti, magnificent throughout the whole match. Actually, I mean, yeah. two goals and an assist tonight, and led the the Montreal attack. He basically carried. I know a lot of people are going to say, "Oh, they were pretty balanced," but I think he carried the team on his back. He ripped the Whitecaps' defensive yeah. pieces in in that first half. Turned Fraser aired inside out on that first goal. And what a finish. Yeah. No, well, to start off, he, he, he beat two other players before he even got to Frazier. Um, uh, Keon Froze had a chance to stop him. Uh, Bologna's kind of really kind of... He got nutmeg. Half-hearted kind of went after him. And then you got uh, Aird, who 
he was able to stop on a dime and then air just went right by him and then cut across Waston who wasn't really in a good position to stop and then just shot in you know to the far post it was a perfect shot perfect play just basically slalled him through the the white caps uh, defenders there that was a video game goal by Piatti he just went through right through the heart of the white caps defense and fired a perfect shot sloppy defending i don't know if Kendall kind of slipped or he fell lost his footing on the turf or what it was but all credit to Piatti like you said he carried the team and he was the top performer on the pitch today by a mile I'm not sure as well maybe if East, how much Eastead actually saw of that ball as it came through but it, it was one hell of a strike but for what was a great strike for the first goal the second goal was this defensive horror show from the Whitecaps it, it was honestly Eastead made the right call I think that he, he to, to go leave the net and charge that ball uh, that was not a big issue, mm. but his 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 execution of what he was did at the end there that was what was missing. He, the communication was there. Watson stopped, held up on his play. Watson also just missed the ball completely. You'll see in the replays, he basically slid and his feet didn't even come anywhere close to the ball. You got to put both feet. He, he dragged his foot. You got to put both feet into that ball and make sure, even if. You know, you got to knock down that player, too, at the same time. You, you can't let that player stay on his feet. Oduro basically just walked right by Alstead, passed of Austin, and had an open net there. Alstead was saying after the game he didn't want to collide with Kendall. In doing so, he just missed the ball. I kind of disagree with you. I think if, there needs to be better communication. He needs to yell if, at Kendall that he's going to get that okay, ball. Okay, but if he's going to leave the net, he's got to be prepared to collide with anybody who is going to... Because when yes, you're out yes. of that position... But you can't collide with Oduro because you're going to get a red card. Well, I'm just saying, don't don't all of a sudden say I don't I didn't want to collide with somebody, and, and, but leave the net. Don't you know? Don't, stay in your box then. Let Waston do what he was going to do. And I think he should have stayed in this box. Yeah. it's like that. I don't think he should have come out for that. No, I have no problem with going out. I just have the problem with the execution of what he did once he got out. He didn't I mean, do it, it, it could have gone if he hadn't come out. We don't know would Kendo have made a last ditch tackle and been sent off for that or something. Or it's, I don't. I, I think Adoro wouldn't have been able to finish. But Honestly, he had the whole. Yeah. He's 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 a. I I'd say a. He is a better finisher than Maddox, but he still misses a lot of shots. And we'll, we'll, he he mentions that in a post game interview we did with him. We'll, you'll hear that later. But he is not known to make hit the net often. Hey, he's kind of looking a little bit like Maddox with his haircut. Yeah, it was confusing as hell for me. I'm, I'm old. My brain can't handle change. White caps were playing in blue. Montreal were playing in white. There was a guy that looked like Darren Mattix up front with a haircut like Mattix. Oh, but then he scored and then I, I, it all made sense. Well, he, he's Ghanaian, so he's got a better scoring rate than Darren Mattix does. And I mean, poor Darren, he's just hanging out in Jamaica yes. in front of all those nice cars. What was it his Instagram said again today? Patiently waiting to see what's going to happen. Patiently waiting in front of two cars and just looking really casual with... I thought it was his phone, but I think it's a very thick wallet. Possibly. He's making it rain in Jamaica. But anyway, en- enough about that. Let's get back to the game. And, yeah, horrible second goal. It looked like that was just... Floodgates could possibly open the way that the Whitecaps were, were playing defensively at that point. They were creating chances. Octavio Rivero, just before the second goal, had a phenomenal shot from outside the box. Curling dipped over Evan Bush, but crashed off the crossbar. And we didn't know it then, but that was the start of what was to prove to be 
A very unfortunate afternoon for Rivero. I don't know how many mirrors he must have broken before he, he came out in the pitch today, but he had some bad luck. You know, Rivero was, just couldn't... He, he, the curling shot, like you said, um, over the, that was after the first goal. And, and then misses inside the box, outside the box. He wasn't able to contact anything properly. And then Evan Bush, like you said, uh, made that terrific save in the second half. Yeah, and, uh, Bush's birthday today... And I had the white caps were bushwhacked. Exactly. Um, and then you, uh, obviously we got Pedro too. Pedro was playing D, Pedro was playing up. But same thing with him. He was missing, uh, making. I, I personally think he made a lot of poor decisions when it came to the final third. Yeah. There was that one time when they had like a three on one. Um, I think it was a three on one, right? Yeah. And instead of working it with his teammates, he took a shot from like twenty yards out yeah. and skied it over the net. It was like there was no reason to do that. He should have been patient. There was another time when he was inside the box, and he was he had about nobody around him for like five yards. He didn't take his time. He shot it instantly, and it was an easy save for Bush on that one too. I honestly didn't think that Pedro and Rivero linked up very well today at all. Yeah, they just I didn't they, seem on the same page. They, the, the chemistry just didn't seem to be there. They need something different right now. And I think um, when Manny came on, um, I was hoping that they would... Um, take out uh, Keon froze at that point, and then move Pedro it's just back. A shame and for then because he didn't. Keon's no, I don't think he had a bad game. He didn't. He didn't actually do much wrong. But for what the White Caps were needed, needing, he yeah. had to be sacrificed. Yeah, and I think he, if they had made that switch, I would have liked to see Bolognese in the middle behind Rivero and see if there was some chemistry there. So because maybe that's where they got to go forward. I would have liked to see more from Bolognese and just overall more from the White Caps. A lot of missed chances and. A lot of long ball, and I think they need to hold the ball a lot longer and maintain possession. And, and, and one thing about the long ball, quick thing about long ball, when they do the long ball, if you're going to do it, make sure that there's supporting players there so when Rivero is able to knock it down, a Whitecaps player is there to pick it up and so they can do something with it instead of just knocking down and then just just going to a white impact player. Make sure there's some guys well, that, pushing that up. That was the story of last year. Like Rivero, yeah. they brought in Kudo, they brought in Perez, so that Rivero was not going to be on an island this year. And for that first half, he was out there on his own. He was just hung out to dry. He, he put in a hell of a shift. I really yeah. felt sorry for the guy today. But the Whitecaps did get on the score sheet. Yeah, before the half. Just before half time. And it was a defender. For all, for all the attacking guys that they brought in, it was the trusty old man at the back, Jordan Harvey, goal machine. First goal since... Portland in 2014. 21st, 14 against Portland. Yeah, and the the, the funny thing is, like you mentioned, all those players, Kudo, Perez. Bolaños. Bolaños. Who who had money on Jordan Harvey scoring the first goal of the year for the the Whitecaps? I'm sure the Harvey Army did. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure they did, but nobody else. So it was was pretty impressive that he scored. He's got on the goal sheet, but... He, it kind of gave him some hope going into the half. because, But the, also the the worry that I had going into the halftime was that goal maybe gave him some false hope. But I still I think Robinson would have seen that they needed to play better in that second half. And they came out pretty good in the yeah. second half. I When they got that goal, I was in no doubt that they were going to bring it back to 2-2. And I fancied them to go on and win it. I just thought the way the game was going, I thought they'd come out in the second half all guns blazing get the goal that they needed, and then get the second. They did come out all guns blazing. And they had some chances. They had some chances, but again, they weren't taken. No. And that's where one of the, I think the better chances of the half was, um, I think it was a Fraser Aird crossing the ball in for about uh, 40 yards out. 
Rivero got to it. It, it looked like Keon's Froze was going to get to it, but it missed him and it got to Rivero. But Rivero couldn't get a, a solid boot to, boot to it, and Bush got that one too. And then as the Whitecaps got desperate in the later stages, pushing to, to try and get something out of the game, get a point out of the game, 88th minute, Oduro to Piatti, slotted into the bottom corner past Eistead, 3-1, game a, over. And it was a patient goal too. He outweighted uh, David Elstad, and he got it from a really wicked angle. Yeah. Um, it was almost like almost at the touchline when he shot well, the ball. They had a shot earlier in the half that crashed off the post as well. I yeah. can't remember if that was Piatti or not, but... It was Eric Alexander. I was Eric, okay. So yeah, I, I thought that uh, Piatti, I thought he took a, a long touch and was going to kind of go wide, and I thought he missed his opportunity, but credit to him, he found that far corner and just beat Alstead again, and after that, that was lights out. The Whitecaps got caught on the counter, barn door open, no way coming back after that. But Except they did. They did. They got to go back. Yeah, they came came back in the last thirty seconds of the game. Yeah. So unfortunately, not enough time. Kendall Waston, great header. Boy, wanted to see more of last year. He, more goals from he, him. He actually got robbed earlier in the half too. He had another nice header. Actually, it was a better header. I think a cleaner one. And uh, Bush was able to stop that one too. Tipped it over the bar. Yeah. So that he, that was the second I mean, chance. Bush of the game. was excellent yeah. for for Montreal today, and a lovely corner from Christian Bolanius. Yeah. Got to say that as well. But two set-piece goals, the stuff that was lacking last year, and just no other offensive goals. Yeah. But before we, we dig into the game in too much more detail and look at some of the other aspects of, of the defeat, let's hear a little bit now from both coaches. So we're going to hear just a little bit to start with from Carl Robinson. You can get the, the full thing on the Whitecaps website. And then we're also going to hear the English version from Mauro Biello because half of his post-game chat was in French and half was in English, and I've no idea what he said for half of it. So let's hear now from both coaches. Tough way to start this season again? Yeah, no, it's not nice when you lose games of, of football, and I, I think we gifted Montreal the, the win today. I think that's an honest assessment. Uh, we scored two goals at home, and if you give three bad goals away, you don't win games. So, yeah, we'll give them the three points and we'll move on. There's a little bit of a Deja vu, yeah, yeah. I think that team played in red. This one played in white. So yeah, it's similar. What can you do? Yeah, I said to the group of players in there that if you give away bad goals, you're always you're not probably going to win as many games as you like. So you got to take it. And we'll accept it and we'll move on. Do you have a concern about the tracking back in the first half in particular? Teixeira wasn't tracking back and left a lot of gaps between him and Harvey. No, I'll, I'll review it. I'll watch it tonight. Obviously, after the, the Seattle KC game, and you know, you will analyze it and we'll speak to the group on, on Monday and Tuesday about it. But it's gone, you know. Unfortunately, we can't get them three points back. But if there's areas for improvement, which I'm sure there is, and, and I know there is, uh, we'll identify it, we'll show the boys, and we'll make sure it doesn't happen again. And when you look at last season and the, the 3 1 loss to Toronto, how well the team bounced back from that, that must draw some inspiration for you. It does. I said we've got character in that locker room so if you don't think you're going to lose games of football uh, this season in Major League Soccer you'll be you know you're in for a rude awakening we've just lost our first game so we've just got to brush the souls down Is it almost easier opening on the road when the home team has all the pressure to perform especially when they get behind early like they did? Um, I don't think it's uh, in this league it's so hard to win on the road and uh, to say it's easier to open up it's it's difficult although I saw some scores today and there's been some uh, some uh, weight teams that won but for us uh, you know we wanted to come here and have a good performance 
and to be able to, to, to build on what we've been working on. I think uh, the guys fought hard out there and uh, we were able to produce and score goals and uh, in the end we were able to, to hold them off. Yeah, I think it was important for us to manage the tempo of the game and uh, I think uh, we were able to uh, slow the game down when we needed to and speed it up when we did uh, when we had to. So I think we, we had a good balance in, uh, in our possession uh, to be patient enough to find those spaces, those half spaces, and once we did, uh, we put them on their heels and we were able to create chances through them. How important is it to show that you are not just a one-man team? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, the, obviously DDA, uh, we can't take away what he brought to the team last year. He's a, he's a superstar. Uh, but uh, I stress the importance of everybody on this team and the roles that they play and the responsibilities that they have. And uh, each one of them is important. And uh, uh, when they get their opportunity to perform, it's about moments and it's about being good in those moments. And uh, from our keeper all the way to our last player, uh, uh, we have to have a mindset that's shared and ready to fight. And uh, uh, with the quality of players that we have, uh, we feel that uh, we have a balanced attack. And when DD comes back, uh, it's only going to help us more. And just some thoughts on the boys of Piatti tonight? I think Piatti was, uh, was exceptional. It was uh, probably one of his best games I've seen him play. Uh, uh, he was so good on the ball, like every one he pulled off. Every time someone came, he dribbled, uh, you know, in different moments he made it look easy. And uh, to, to be able to score two goals like that on the road uh, was great. And uh, he's a, he's a first-class player, and uh, when he plays like that, uh, it's hard to defend. So Mauro Biello and Carl Robinson talking there after Montreal's 3-2 win in first kick 2016 at BC Place. And it was a it was a good performance. Let's talk a little bit about Montreal before we, we come back to the, the Whitecaps woes. It was a, a good performance from them. I think a solid road performance, if you think of it. Very, very much surprised me. And I mean, I, as, and as I asked Biello there, it's like, did, was they out to show that they weren't a one-man team? They definitely did that. Yeah. Although maybe they are a one-man team and it's P.I. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. No, but I think I think they're, I think they're a good they're a solid team right now. Drogba obviously makes them better. Um, That's a scary thing because yeah. they looked good today, doing what the Whitecaps did last year, counterattacking football on the road. Their first ever MLS win in Canada, incidentally. Yeah, on the road. Yeah. Oh yeah, on the road. Not yeah. not ever. Yeah. Well, actually, ever. Yeah, because Quebec's Quebec's not part of Canada. Not part of Canada. They had, they had said yesterday at the team hotel that they were going to sit back, catch the Whitecaps on the counter. It's exactly what they did, and Vancouver was not ready for that. Well, the first goal was, was a counter. It was more of the, the, just him walking through people. And, the, but, the next two. <laughs> next two were, yes. We're going to hear from Dominic Oduro in a little bit as well, and he actually said that that second goal was something that they worked on. It was a practice, practice thing to try and get the ball through to him and draw Eistead out. Yeah. Maybe he, they, they've seen some stuff in the tapes or something like that then. Well, it does come out quite a bit, so it's good good on Montreal for recognising that. Yeah. But, I mean, Montreal, they did well. They, they won the duels. They had more passes than the Whitecaps. Their accuracy was basically the same, and they just lost out in the possession stakes. But they had 11 shots on goal, five of them on target, to the Whitecaps 21 and 10 on target. But even though the Whitecaps had all those shots on target, their defence looked good. I mean, Bush had a great game. You never really felt that Montreal were in too much trouble. You, you thought the Whitecaps might, if they raised the game in the second half, do something. But, I mean, at the end of the day, Montreal looked pretty comfortable out there. I thought Harry Ship had a great debut for Montreal. He had an assist. 
he didn't do too much. He oh, just did just, enough. Yeah. <laughs> he was he was good enough. So I thought Harry Ship, you know, new team. He's only been there for three and a half weeks, I think, and I thought he fit in well uh, with the Montreal Impact today. Yeah, uh, and, and also obviously you were talking about their team. Their midfield really really was superb. And another impressive thing, and you were talking about you know their players and everything. Their first half where they I, I think essentially won the game, even though it was only two one. Their midfield, except for Donadell, were all above 90% in their passing accuracy. And that's huge. And Piatti himself was uh, about 93. And for an attacking player to be that high um, when he's like being harassed by uh, the opposition, that's impressive stats right there. And they, they kind of dipped a little bit in the second half. Eric Alexander, though. And he's the box-to-box guy that they have. 92.2 he finished with. So, I mean, that, that's, that's pretty impressive. But we, we were talking about Harry Ship there. Played his first competitive game for the Impact today. Got an assist. Did pretty well overall in, a, in his new surroundings. And Steve, you were in the Montreal locker room after the game. Yourself and a few of the other guys got a chance to, to speak to, to Ship. And you asked him basically what it's like to, to be in Montreal now and being away from the team that the he's... The three days he's been yeah, there. Yeah, but basically being away from the only team that he's ever really known, Chicago. So yeah. let's hear now from... Montreal midfielder, it's still really weird to say that, Harry Ship. Harry, your first game uh, with the impact for you and first uh, taste of playing alongside yeah. Nacho Piatti was quite a big game today. Yeah, no, he played He played incredibly well. I think, you know, makes the rest of our jobs easy and you're just trying to support him when, when he's like when he's playing like like that. Um, you know, it was the first time first time in my career I've started off the season with a win, so I'm happy. Um, no, it's it's a really good feeling, and I think it kind of validates the six weeks of preseason so far. And, you know, coming in here and, and playing on the road against a really good team and coming out with three points is something that's huge for us uh, going forward. We've talked a lot about the fact that Didier wouldn't be there for yeah. the first few games. Uh, people were raising doubts as to who would take care of the offense. I think that... This is not an issue anymore, is it? No, you know, just you know, we got a bunch of unselfish players out there, and you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be different game by game. Nacho's not gonna you know score like that every game, but it's gonna you know, some games it's gonna have to be me, some games it's gonna have to be other people, and you know, I think we'll we'll be able to carry the load so that when you know he does come back, you know, we're an, we're an even stronger team that has depth, uh, you know, to to carry us forward in the season. How big was your goalkeeper today? <laughs> really, really big. You know, I made a couple stops. Um, I think it was two one. We were up. You know, made a couple stops um, to, to kind of keep us in, and I think if they had gotten that second goal to tie it, you know, it's a whole different ball game with the crowd and stuff behind them. So to kind of give us those chances, then for, allow us to get that third goal to go up three-one was huge. When they started to put uh, their big players on the field, Kudo, Perez, yeah. were you guys kind of like, hoping that game would uh, finally get to an end? Yeah, I mean, you know, we knew, you know, we knew they were going to throw everything at us. You know, it's their home opener. They're a good team. They got a lot of talented guys, and there was going to be points in the game where we we're going to have to scrap and fight. You know, I think the second half, it, it wasn't the prettiest um, from us, from our point of view, but, you know, we were able to do all the little things to come out with three points, and for us, that's a sign of a good team. Um, even when you're not able to keep the ball for, you know, 100% of the time, you know, to be able to come out and scrap and, and get three points is huge. spent most of your career with yeah. Chicago, um, and, well, all of your career with Chicago. How was it, did it take some, some time getting used to, you know, when you started that pitch, or was it kickoff, play the game? No, you know, I definitely had some nervous energy before. I think, you know, anytime you're starting a new point in your career, it's you're a little bit unsure how it's going to go, and you just want to make a good first impression, you know, as well as preseason when it's preseason and the regular season's totally different, so... 
my, my attitude was just come out and do whatever it took to help this team win, and you know, luckily we were able to win. How, how has it been your adjustment to Montreal? Obviously, it's it's the same continent, uh-huh. but Montreal is obviously almost like a European setting. Is it like it's maybe give you some advantage, maybe to look forward to something whatever comes in Europe down the road if you want to spend? Yeah, your, you know, I've actually have only been in Montreal for about three days. Yeah, because so. yeah, because of the. So we were we were in, we were in Tampa, and then yeah. we actually flew out here on Friday. So I haven't had that much of a taste, but I'm looking forward to getting back there and playing our first home game next week and then it'll be fun to kind of explore the city and learn it. Perfect, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks. thanks. So ships passing in the night there, Steve and Harry. And yeah, it looks like it's going to be a, a great acquisition for Montreal and just Montreal in general. I mean, we played there a little bit from Bielo earlier and he was talking about Drogba and how he's, he's asked the rest of the team to step up and then when Didier Drogba can't play, he's going to make the team better. Yeah. And like we said, it's a scary scary prospect. Thankfully, we don't have to play them again, and they're not in our conference, but... Voyager's, Mon- Cup, Mon- but the Voyager's Cup, he's not going to play on the road. Yeah. Either. Montreal might be a bit of a surprise package in the East, I think, this I think year. So. And it's like, I I had them borderline making the playoffs, because I, I thought Drogba was going to maybe leave in the summer, and no, then actually, just th- kind of disintegrate. He wouldn't be a surprise for me, because I think I had him fourth. Yeah, you, you, you had them kind of high up yeah. there, but... I mean, what, what do you think, Har? How, how do you see Montreal doing for the rest of this season? Hard to judge in one game on the road, but from what you've seen, what did you like? How do you think they'll do? I thought, I thought they played really well. I think they're going to do great this season. What really helps them out of the gate, though, is not having those Champions League games like they had last year. Yeah. I know it's a tough schedule, but just getting those three points at, at the front of the season and then having Didier come in whenever he does. And also... We, they didn't have Vignanis, the Costa Rican guy, available. So if he comes in there too, he has another dimension. So I think Montreal is going to be pretty good, at maybe fourth or fifth this season. But I think they should make the playoffs, I think so. I, I, and one thing I think about them, when we looked before the game, their bench, their bench did not look very impressive at all. No, because we saw that and we were like, oh, look at their bench and compared the, to our day. But so I think if they, they if the only thing that will derail them, like every almost every other MLS team, is if they run into injuries. If they run into injuries, then... If they have to bring people, you know, in their off their eight, you know, beyond eighteen or something like that as starters, then they're going to be in issues. They're not as deep as a Vancouver would be. We should mention that Benito Floro was at the game today, so looking at the Canadians. I also saw Montagliani too as well. He was here as well in the hallways. So good audition for the Canadians who were. In this match, maybe we'll see them for the Mexico-Canada game in a few weeks. Well, I'm not so sure that Fraser Ayer did himself any favours today, but we'll, we'll come no, to that no. shortly. Maybe it's experience. You can see it as experience. Maybe we'll build on it. So one of the other key players for Montreal today was Dominic Aduro. And Steve, you got a chance to, to catch up with him in the locker room after the game. So let's just play that for you now. Dominic, uh, <laughs> <laughs> obviously we were... We're wondering how this team would respond offensively because a few new players uh, in the in the attacking wise. But how do you feel this team responded? Um, we played well. Yeah. Like I said, um, all we had to do was just as much as possible stay compact. You know, weather the storm, and that's what we did. Um, you know, they came at us really hard, but we were able to just stay compact, stay disciplined, and um, we had our chances. We were able to put a ball in the net. Um, so uh, good execution, uh, good job done. Um, Best game out of the way. Uh, I think um, we'll grade ourselves on A. Yeah, looking at the fact that we came to a hostile environment, uh, just go back and uh, 
play a home game. So now everything is cool, uh, out of our system, ready to go. Can you get us through the goal that you scored and the, the, like that, that uh, play from David Usti? Yeah, uh, well, pretty much um, Piari and I have been talking the whole time, saying anytime he gets it, I should make that run. And um, we were trying to find it, but it wasn't coming through, and we were able to find one. Um, just unfortunately, there was a miscommunication between the, the goal and the defender, but I mean, as a forward, you always have to capitalize on your chances, and I had my chance, and I guess I just put a one in it. So uh, it, w- it was a, a design play, but it just kind of we had a little bit of luck on our side. Um, and we when you have an open net like that, is do you feel like do you, is, do you feel calm? Is, is it important to calm yourself down, or do you get like anxious? Like, oh my God, there's a total open net there. Yeah, um, that's the first thing I said. Um, I was telling my teammates the first thing I said was, "Don't mess it up," <laughs> because uh, sometimes you think you you have you have um, you know a lot of time, but uh, you have to finish right now. So my, my whole my whole message was don't mess it up. Uh, that was the first thing I said. I just flooded in. So. Evan Bush celebrating his 30th birthday. Uh, how big was he today? Well, he's buying everybody drinks tonight. So <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it was great. I'm um, great get for him. Uh, I thought he played fantastic. He, he saved us a couple of times, and um, you know the, the third goal, the counter started with him. So um, to me, even though Piatti scored two goals, I, I would give him one of the match personally. <laughs> But uh, Piatti can fight me on that, but it doesn't matter. He, he said there's a couple of um, times today. When Nacho plays like that, is it hard to not be impressed by your own teammate? <laughs> well, we have a good team, let me put it that way. Um, I mean, we all know what Nacho can do, um, and he did it very good today. So hopefully uh, uh, he, he, stays, he stays that way um, throughout the whole season, hopefully. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, you know, we're going to have our ups and downs, but if we stick together like we did today, I think we should be okay. So that was the pizza-loving Dominic Aduro there, and did did you share any pizza stories, Steve? No, not at all. But there was pizza inside the dressing room. They did order. I know Hargo offered some. Yeah, yeah they offered pizza in the press box, but I declined. But that's okay, because Har never got to, to speak to Harry Ship, but we did. That's why I declined. I was a bit bothered. Anyway, enough of the team that we don't want to talk about. Let's get back to the Whitecaps. So maybe that is the team we don't want to talk about. Because mm-hmm. th- there was a... A lot of bad points to, to take from today's game. And I think, yeah, I mean, you could look at the chances created not getting scored, but as Rob always says, it's better to create them and not score them than not to create them in the first place. I think more concerning think. is the defending. I'm not yeah. totally the, the concerned about the offense. my big concern. Um, yeah. But one thing I want to mention to uh, Whitecaps fans, um, earlier this week, I think it was, uh, Steve Sander put out an article about... Uh, couple of analysis preseason uh, he did MLS preview and he did his couple of analysis one of the things he said uh, wh- one of the rules he put out was you want your favorite team to suck early in the season and he came, came up with some significant um, stats here the last season Portland didn't win a, a match in March that's a tough to say and he, they won only three games of the first 12 and they went on to win the world uh, MLS I know because I, I remember us having Caleb Porter getting fired yeah and then uh, the Galaxy in the 2014, um, they had a difficult start. They only won two of the first eight matches. Um, the year before that, Sporting KC, um, they did win their first game, but they went the winless in the next three. Um, they also uh, they had a rough start to the season, but they picked it up and won the Cup. 2012, another Galaxy team uh, who won three of the first four matches before winning, ending up winning the Cup. So there's a lot of teams that start out slow and gain momentum and build towards the end of the season. And and those teams tend to... It's when you're hot, essentially, is the best time. Those are the teams that have the best timing and win the Cup down the road. Well, that's good news for the Whitecats because they're currently 
joint bottom of the West, Steve. Yeah. I've looked at the standings. I've worked it out. Dallas leading the, the way. All the mathematics done. Yep. Dallas are leading the way because I'm doing it alphabetically and nothing else because uh. I, I cannot say that Toronto is in a share of the lead for the support of Shield. <laughs> so we'll come to the task ahead this month for the, the Whitecaps in a little bit. But we touched there on the, the poor defending. And the last two seasons, the Whitecaps have built their team on a solid defence. And they were ripped apart today, Steve, and looking a little bit all at sea. Yeah, and I, and I, and I guarantee you, I haven't looked at Twitter at all, but I, I, I'm sure the Beta Shore supporters um, who were upset that he was sent away... Yeah, have, he had a bit of uh, 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 mistakes with Toronto today. True, so. true. But they didn't. No, no goals were given up, and that's what yeah. they're probably going to point out to. I, I think they'll, they'll probably have something to say either today or tomorrow down the road, um, especially if... Fraser has more of these games, and if Jordan Smith eventually comes in and he starts having more of these games, there are going to be a lot of people pointing to that. Because essentially, I think today, three of the four spots were good in the back line. Obviously, Elst did have the other flub. Well, they they got Fraser Aird for his offense, so he can get up and down yeah. the field. So if he, he does has struggle, to that, that's the other thing I want to. It's not good. You need to be defensively solid. You're a liability in your own half. So if he continues to which, struggle, which and we was hope the he big does. Criticism it. of Jordan Smith, and yes. it's going to be interesting to actually see that reaction from the, the people that slated Smith last year for being scary at the back, but okay going forward. That was aired today. Do you think there was an issue with maybe... Uh, like, I know Labo likes to play on the left side uh, when they play two men at the back, but do you think he should have been more helping to protect Aird on that right side and maybe he should have drifted more that way considering Piatti was their most dangerous player out of everybody? Or do you want to stay with Labo on the left side where he's comfortable? Because Keon's froze, had, Keon's froze yeah. had issues slowing down Piatti as well. And like, we're all putting it on Aird. Remember... Piatti is considered in their formation as an attacking mid- central attacking midfielder. So he's, you know, once in a while he'll drift to the out, but he's mostly in the middle. Well, if you move Laba over, then who's going to kind of fill in where Laba is? Well, that, we switch with Froze. But, we put Froze on the left side. But see, no, 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 no. This, this well, was, it didn't help in this way. This was the issue <laughs> as I saw it. Robo had switched Waston and Parker. Yeah. Uh, to kind of have Parker beside the experienced Harvey and then Aird beside the experienced Waston. I actually think I would switch them back I would and switch. have I Parker agree with you. beside Aird because Parker can play right back. You can almost have like a three-man back when Aird yeah. goes up front. Because there was a couple of times that Aird was in front of Waston and Waston's over in the right-back role trying to deal with it. Yeah. And it's like Parker's the better guy to have, I think, covering on the right. There was also an issue on both sides with the, the wingers tracking back. In the first half in particular, Christian Teixeira, who I'm a huge fan of and what he brings to the team, was not defensively sound. And Jordan Hardy he, had to cover a yeah. couple of people at a time He, he was slow coming back, leaving Harvey to have two yeah. guys. There was a big gap at times between Teixeira and Harvey. I asked Robbo that after the match and he, he said it's something that they're going to have to review and, and kind of analyse that. But then the other thing with Harvey, Harvey found himself getting pulled into the middle of the pitch yeah. because Waston and Parker were, were helping to the right to yeah. help out Aird. And, and then was Harvey was like covering the left centre-back and the left-back yeah. position. And you can't have that. They're going to have to figure something out about that. Yeah. And yeah. I, well, that then, then they switched to share with Belandius. So the guy that's not tracking back for the, right, for the full-back that's doing good... 
they put him to try and track back to the fullback that's having troubles. And how Piatti didn't exploit that a lot more in the first half, I don't know. We dodged the bullet there. Yeah, I agree with you there. And I, I think they need to figure out how they can, if Fraser Aird or Jordan Smith, they need to find a way to protect him. I like your idea with Tim Parker being yeah. that right-sided center back. That way he is essentially, he plays as a right back last year. And I think he did really well as a right back last year. I think um, if they weren't, if they didn't want him so much as center back, I think he could be that right back. He is probably more qualified than the other two. I like that idea of switching Parker and Waston and giving Frazier more cover. So maybe that's something Robo might think about going forward, but it definitely they need to do something. How many games do you think, if this continues, do you see Parker actually moving to right back and they bring Kaw as a center back? I was thinking about that. Maybe three? I don't know, because well, we've, we've still got this Matix thing. Yeah. Could we maybe even trade him for a right back? Could be, and then they, you move Aaron as a as up up top to yeah, his, his natural wing, position. Bring him off the bench, coming on as a winger. Yeah, it's his first game. We've got to give him like a little bit of leeway. And you think he's not, and, he, and he's still twenty one. He didn't play too much with Rangers last year. This is a new position for him. Uh, yeah, as well. I mean he has a right midfielder, right winger. So I mean he's still learning how to be a right back. And I know it sounds like we're jumping all over him, but he was the weak link today, and there's no getting away from that. Or Esther. In fact, let, let's play a little bit of audio now. We're going to hear, first of all, Carl Robinson's take on Fraser Aird. And then, Steve, you had a very awkward moment with Jordan Harvey when you asked him about how he thought Aird had played today. Yeah, and you'll hear that coming through with their audio. Yeah, let's hear that now. It looked like a struggle today for Fraser and a little bit of right back. Is it going to be quite a bit of work for him to, to try and make him into the, the fullback that you are looking for him because he's a much more attack-minded type player? I think, uh, you know, I think Fraser, if you speak to him, will be honest. He, you know, he did okay in the game. Obviously, the goals, you know, Piatti's arguably their best player and he who had a fantastic game. And you give, you give players credit when... When they do well, he scored two goals. He was a big influence in the game, and we were unable to handle him at certain times. So, um, not just Eddie, but a number of our guys. So, you know, he, he's got to brush himself down and move on. Your your fullback partner Fraser had a you know had a tough game, obviously covering Piatti. What, what kind of advice would you give him? Be him being new to the MLS. I thought Fraser played all right. I thought it was his uh, debut in MLS, and I thought he did a good job. Yeah, and that was Jordan Harvey, and you know what? His is right. Like Robles, obviously going to be the guy that's going to say like, and he said that Fraser knows he didn't have a good game. Jordan Harvey, there's no. I, I had to ask the question uh, because he is a fullback. Did you, Steve? Did you? Yes, I did. And but it's it totally Jordan Harvey's right to defend his teammate. It, it, it's his right, and he's gonna he's gonna do that. So I have no problem with the way he answered. I'm sure I'm sure he knew Fraser had had some issues, but he's not going to uh, throw him under the bus at this point. Well, there, there was a lot of similarities today from first kick 2015. The Whitecaps lost at home. They lost a Canadian rival. They gave up three goals. They created a number of chances that they, they couldn't put away. Deja vu was the, the phrase that, that Robo used. And it certainly felt like that at times. But last year, for the second game of the season, Robo made an adjustment right away. He... he took out Harvey and he put in Sam Adekugbe. Obviously, Harvey's safe this year. Yeah. And in fact, his performance today maybe makes it even harder for, for Sam to break into the team at the moment. But looking ahead to next week's game at Sport in Kansas City, Har, would, would you pull off Fraser Ayrt? No, I'd leave Fraser on. I'd give him another opportunity. I think Fraser should be given a bit more leeway to see what he can do. Uh, I'd leave the back line intact with David Elsid. Um 
I don't know, maybe give Blaz Perez more minutes. Gives give him a bit more attacking options up front so they can score. Um Sporting KC came away with a one nothing win in Seattle. Benny Phil Hubbard yeah. did not play. Huge win for them actually. Abdominal strain for Phil Hubbard, so maybe he'll be back next week. We'll shall see. Yeah, and uh, speaking about that game, we should we talk about the other games that uh, were have been completed at this yeah, point? Before we look ahead to the game against KC, let's just very quickly, we won't go into tons of detail, but there's no. a few surprises. It wasn't a good day for home teams. No, basically. it wasn't actually. Uh, teams that lost at home, uh, TFC went into uh, Red Bull Stadium and beat them 2-0. It was the Red Bulls the whole game, except TFC uh, brought it at the end there. Javinko again, yeah, uh, the both, big difference maker. Yeah. And then uh, New York City FC uh, defeated Chicago in a wild game, 4-3. There was no defense in that game. No. I got some good points, though, from Alvarez that I added last night to my fantasy team. And as we know, Montreal defeated Vancouver at home. Sporting KC, you guys mentioned 1-0 over Seattle. So that's four losses out of nine games. The three, uh, sorry, the two ties that occurred uh, between uh, in today was Orlando coming back out of nowhere to salvage a point. At home against RSL. I two, watched most two, of that yeah. game, and that that was wild. That was the game of the weekend. Yeah, it was two goals in injury time, 90 plus four and 90 plus five minutes. Kyle so Laird with a goal and assist. For yeah. First team. half, there was two setting offs and a penalty, and the penalty had nothing to do with the setting offs. And, yeah, wild, wild stuff. And then Kobayashi scored the tying goal, uh, and, and uh, New England was able to get a point on the road against Houston, so they came back to get the point. Gershon Kofi played 85 minutes in that game for New England, and then Kobayashi came on in the 85th, scored in stoppage time. 3-3 draw, New England and Houston. So that's Thanks. something for the Meh, Vancouver former rejects. Whitecaps fans. And Dallas. Dallas got by Philadelphia 2-0, and I believe uh, Fabian Castillo scored me a goal from my fantasy team, so I like that. And then uh, crying Dallas Western Conference champs now. Yeah. And the only other win I got home was uh, San Jose defeating Colorado 1-0, and that was obviously expected. We should mention, did we mention Portland beat Columbus 2-1? That one as well. Higuain by Skokie. Uh, we really don't like talking about Portland too much. Yeah. So, you I mean, need a box of tissues the, the, No. We're recording this just before the, the LA game against D.C., as it stands just now, Seattle, I'm going to say are bottom. I uh, need to get relegated. But just, I, thought I, going, I thought you were going alphabetical. No, just... Uh, I, oh, you're changing I rules, rules for the recent my rules out with the, the player spot. Seattle's bottom. Top, top of the table, it's alphabetical. Yep. Bottom of the table, it's goals for. Yeah, and it's like... You can't have that. I, I can have what I want. It's his podcast. He can cry if he wants to. But Sporting's win at Seattle was big. Because we're not really sure. I mean, we talked in our podcast during the week about they haven't lost a lot of players, Casey. They haven't added tons of stuff, but they've got a lot of good players still at that club. And it, they're the team. I had them sixth in the West, but then I nearly changed them to fourth at the last minute. But, I mean, they could be surprise packages. Whitecaps go there next Saturday. Must win game already, obviously. No, I, I think they need to they need to try to get a point out of it. I think I think that was as be long idea. as it's not as wild and a four three defeat like last yeah. year. And, and you know what, they they were really good in it and defensive uh, defensively, and they played always played a solid road game. I think they were better. They're better. I think it was the best uh, road season out of all their MLS years. I think I think last year. So it's it, it gives hope that maybe they will pick up a point. And then the next game obviously is going to be against Seattle. And that's where you want to really get up three points out of that. 
I mean, on paper, it looks like two tough road matches coming up, but obviously Seattle are crap this year. So, yeah. I mean, that's three points. We always win in Seattle. Like, ignore the times the we season. lost. Ignore those times we lost last year, though. But we're, we always win in Seattle. That makes sense. You can't undervalue Seattle just because of the one game. So, I mean, how, how do you see next week shaping up? I mean, you addressed some of the, the things that you might change. Can you see Robo going more attacking on the road? Or, if anything, is it going to be maybe more defence-minded? I don't think he'll go more attacking. He, he'll admit that Well, you wanted to pitch lineups, Perez in, you said. Yeah, for Keons. But, that but makes he'll, it more attacking. he'll admit that his lineup is already very attack-minded, so I don't think he'll make too many changes. And I disagree with Steve. I do not think it's a must-win game. It's Never said a must-win game. I said that. Okay, I disagree with M- Michael McCall. I do not believe that it's a must-win game. Folk mistake us all the time. You look yeah. very similar. Yeah, I don't think it's a must-win game. So I, I think just if they just need to go out there and have a good, strong road effort and show some positives. Steve, how, what would you do next week? How would how would you get the White Cats back on track? I would try to get. Uh, I would hopefully try to get Kakuta Mani on the pitch. Um, hopefully he's hundred percent. I don't think he no, is. No, he's not. Carroll said after the game that he's he's not in a position to start. Yeah, so obviously that's not going to happen. Then, so let's scrap that. Okay. Um, <laughs> what I would like to see is I would whatever they can do. I would like to see Chris uh, Bolognese play in the middle of the pitch behind Rivero. Maybe they move Morales back in Keon's spot and they put Bolognese in the middle. But then. Would you put Kian's... No, I would put... Bolanius K- if or? Kudo is ready to go, I would put Kudo maybe on the wing and see what he can do on the wing. That's a good idea. And, and, and just it kind of works something else around and kind of... Get, or maybe we change formation and maybe play the 4-1-4-1 and put Kudo and Bolanius in the middle behind Rivero. I just... I can't see Robo giving up a two-man defensive shield at an away match against a Western Maybe 4-4-3 then? It'll work at home. I know, it's going I to know. be cautious on their own. I know. It's going to be the same White Cats that we saw last year. They're going to pl- try and play in the counter-attack. I think that's a good shot. We might see Pedro playing deeper yeah. and being able to spray his balls longer from the back. And I think even even essentially when Pedro does play deeper, it is essentially Laba there by himself because uh, Pedro will be looking for more attacking. In the, and I think they need to make sure they tuck in the wingers a little bit too. I think that's important. And they will do probably do that because they are playing on the road. The, the key for me is every member of the team has to be aware of their defensive responsibilities. And it's what Biello was talking about with his team, that every player needs to know their role and their responsibilities. And with the Whitecaps playing the way that they do and the way that they've got their fullbacks like Aird who want to attack, these other guys have to be more aware defensively and more aware of being able to track back and fill the holes and not allow players to kind of run at the Whitecaps' defence. Because that once stellar defence really looked under pressure. And it was something that we wondered and we worried about, that if the Whitecaps did play a more attacking game, would that happen? But we're like, eh, if it does so, it doesn't matter. We're going to get the goals, so it's not going to matter. But we're not getting the goals. Well, we got two, but that wasn't enough. From yeah. defenders. But yeah, they need to get more goals, obviously, from open play, and I think that's what. Uh, but uh, on the road, set pieces are going to be the key. So just before we wrap this up, quick prediction for next week: How do you think it's going to go? What do you think the Hat Cats would be happy with? Would they be happy with even a point? Yeah, I go one-one draw. I will go one-one draw. 
I was going to go for a 1-1 draw, so we'll just keep it. Why don't we go 3-3? We'll add it all together. Okay. It'll be a crazy game. Oh, not like last year. Please, <laughs> not like last year. So that's it for this episode of the podcast. Thanks for listening to our nonsense as usual. We'll be back soon, but just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find my Whitecaps coverage at Red Nation Online and my women's soccer coverage at Equalizer Soccer. And I'd like to give a shout-out to the UBC women's hockey team who have qualified to the CIS National Championships in Calgary later this month. They knocked off Manitoba in the best of three series this afternoon. So, go Thunderbirds! Yeah, check out uh, her stuff on her site. She's done a lot of good stuff this year in the last couple of weeks for, to, to do with the, the women's hockey. Not a lot of folk covering the women's hockey game here. Har's doing a stellar job. So, in all seriousness, check that out. And uh, you can catch me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. You can read all our stuff away from the numbers, AFTN. Get there by going to AFTN.ca. I'm also the Whitecaps Beat Reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so check out all my stuff on that. But that's it for this episode. Until next time, as we said, as always, thanks for listening. Take care. And let's hope next week the Whitecaps get a goal and we can shout, Mon the Caps! Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life. Mm.